Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's podcast. Today is Friday, February 7th, 2014, and today we are discussing, or at least beginning, the discussion of how the United States changed from the republic envisioned by the framers to the monarchy with its royal court that it has become today. I started thinking about this when I was analyzing the State of the Union speech given by President Barack Obama recently, and I decided to go back and look at State of the Union speeches given in the past. What I found was that Thomas Jefferson, when he became president, decided not to give a State of the Union speech at all because he thought that walking out in front of a joint session of Congress reminded him of the British monarchy, that the country had gone through a war to be rid of. Instead of a speech, he wrote a letter to Congress, intentionally vague so that it wouldn't seem like a royal decree. And then he had a clerk read it out loud to the congressmen and senators. The Constitution doesn't require a speech. Article 3, I'm sorry, Article 2, Section 3, says only that from time to time the President is required to give Congress information of the State of the Union and to recommend things for their consideration. That's all that it requires. Jefferson's example became a tradition that was carried on until it was broken by Woodrow Wilson in 1913. The 20th century, in many ways, became Wilson's century as he brought into existence much of what we see today. In the very least, he laid the groundwork for what we have become today. Wilson was the son of a preacher, but pursued a career as an academic. He taught at several colleges along the way before eventually taking a position at Princeton. He served as president of Princeton from 1902 to 1910. He served briefly as governor of New Jersey, 1911 into 1912, and then he gained the presidency in 1912. Wilson got 43% of the vote, but there was acrimony and division in the Republican Party that split the ranks of the party, and Wilson won with only 43% of the vote. From the statement of his friends in various writings, he believed that he was ordained by God to hold the position of president, perhaps the early formation of a divine right philosophy, according to his biographer, This gave him an arrogance and a smugness which masqueraded as righteousness. Wilson was a believer in the power of the state, and he led the nation into centralization and bureaucracy. In 1913, when he took office, Congress, along with the Europeans, began began handing to him the tools to attain the goals that he had for the nation. To accomplish what he wanted, there had to be key changes in the power system as defined by the Constitution. The 16th Amendment, giving Congress the power to tax incomes, was passed in 1909, but after years of fighting, was finally ratified in February 1913, just in time for Mr. Wilson's use. The 17th Amendment, calling for the direct election of U.S. Senators, was passed in 1912, but not ratified until April 1913, once again, just in time for Mr. Wilson. These two amendments changed the power structure of the nation and altered the relationship between citizens and the federal government. Occurring so close together, along with other things that happened a few months later, 
was the equivalent of a second American Revolution. The direct election of senators greatly diminished the Republican form of government envisioned by the founders in which the states had influence and even control of half of the legislative branch. Senators had previously been beholden to the state legislatures, and this insulated them from day-to-day popular opinion. There was no need for the multi-million dollar election campaigns that we see today. This also focused the Senate on the interest of the states rather than being just another popular assembly. Direct election of senators became just another populist politician. That's all we have time for today, folks. On Monday, we'll talk about the income tax, the Federal Reserve, and the guns of August, or at least we'll talk about as much of it as we have time for. Until then, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.